Hey, what up fuckers? It's Andy from the One Up Pod. You just caught me on a spaceship in the middle of dismembering a former crewmate of mine. Okay, I know that sounds bad, but don't worry. They'd recently turned into a space monster and tried to kill me, and this is the only way to make sure they stay down. This gruesome task got me thinking about two games recently released, The Callisto Protocol and the Dead Space Remake. As a huge fan of the original Dead Space, I thought I'd been for a good time, with not one but two deep space survival horror games to play. Certainly better than what I'm doing right now. <sighs> that was a tough bit. The Callisto Protocol is a spiritual successor from the team behind the original Dead Space, and the Dead Space remake is, fairly obviously, a remake of the original Dead Space. I played these games essentially back to back, and the comparisons were hard to avoid in my head, which led me to ask the question, which game is better? I'm going to try to answer that today for you. So join me for a look at- <coughs> Ah, fuck. Hold on a second. <laughs> Sorry. So join me for a look at the Callisto Protocol versus the Dead Space remake. I will be comparing the two games in several categories to decide on the overall winner. These categories will be 1. Art Design 2. Level Design 3. Graphics and Sound 4. Story 5. Gameplay, and 6. The all-important scare factor. Whichever game wins the most rounds will be named the superior game. You're probably wondering what happens if there's a tie, to which I say, don't worry about it. Now is all of this a valid metric for assessing a game? That's up for debate. It's certainly not a definitive take. This is more a way for me to untangle my feelings on both games. Whatever game you personally think is better, is the better game. This is just one highly opinionated man's take on things. So with that out of the way, let's get started, shall we? Round 1. Art Design By art design, I am referring to the visual choices made in these games. The look of the monsters, the environments, the weapons, the characters, costumes, and so on. Try to think of Mass Effect without thinking of the Mass Effect relays. Picture Halo without the vast array of aliens to blast. Imagine Gears of War without the Mark II Lancer Assault Rifle. Art design in a sci-fi game is one of those essential elements. A good sci-fi universe needs iconography to latch on to the mind of the player. The Callisto Protocol's Black Iron Prison is an impressively designed space, especially that initial look of the prison block, which is a stunning and intimidating complex. You get the immediate sense that this is going to be a struggle to escape. That's a great and effective way of conveying the challenges ahead for the player. There are numerous sections behind the scenes of the prison that are striking and intricate in their design. Visually dense, but interesting to travel through. It doesn't necessarily all make sense as a setting though, there are some sections of the game that left me questioning why this would be in a prison at all. Even taking the sinister super science plot into account, not every stretch of black iron makes total sense to me. This resulted in a game world that felt less like a cohesive whole, and more like a patchwork of cool ideas for a sci-fi horror game. This sort of thing might not stick out to some people, and might not even be an issue to others, but if you've listened to any other episodes of this podcast, you've probably worked out I've got a bit of a hard-on for details. And that brings us to the monsters, which definitely did not give me a hard-on, just to be clear. But they didn't give me much of anything else, to be honest. Now, I want one of two things from my monsters, ideally both, but I'm happy to get one or the other. That's one, internal logic, or two, just looking really fucking cool. 
The genophage in the Callisto Protocol start out with these swollen, sweaty-looking grunts, and there are versions of this with no eyes and capable of spitting venom at you. The next time you see a completely new type of creature, it's this long, worm-like neck monster thing. The point of the genophage is that it's supposed to be humanity evolving to what the villains believe is its next form. But none of this stuff connects to me. I never felt like these creatures existed on the same evolutionary path. The infected in The Last of Us evolve in a way that makes sense to me. Outlandish for sure, but there's an internal logic there. They get bigger, weirder, and more elaborate, but they remain consistent. The monster designs in the Callisto Protocol mostly follow the path of adding more boils and less skin to people, but it doesn't explain the few times they'll grow a long worm neck or be humanoids capable of splitting in two. There's no internal logic to these creatures, and that would be acceptable if they looked cool, but they don't. The genophage are generally a mess of either boils or tentacles, but still recognisably humanoid shapes. I'm not seeing something here that would haunt my dreams, something beyond my fragile human imagination. The genophage amount to someone answering the prompt, what of a man, but lumpier, its creature design at its safest and most toothless. The weapons used to fight these tumorous twats also largely suck. It's very standard stuff, like a stun baton, handguns, and shotguns. They make sense within the context of the environment, which is an intergalactic prison, but they don't excite you when you get one. They look very close to what we'd get on Earth, except with a pop-up digital screen to track your ammo. Their design and function just don't elicit that thrill of possibility when you get a new piece of gear and you're wondering what damage you can inflict with it. You already know just from looking at them. The protagonist, Jacob's look, is also severely lacking in creativity. They've tried to mimic the way Isaac Clarke's suit in the original Dead Space served as a UI for the player so they could track their vitals, but in a bid to make sure that it doesn't look like they're copying that design, they've had to tone down the details to the point where they're almost lost. Jacob's health meter appears on the back of his neck as a relatively small bar. It's not always easy to determine the exact length of it when things are getting a bit chaotic. This means you may sometimes misinterpret your stats and apply health when it's not necessarily going to do you the most good. Wasting a health injector isn't the worst thing in the world, but it can get frustrating when you use one and then you need to be extremely cautious in combat going forward. The actual look of Jacob's suit, once he fully gears up, is also extremely generic. It's just an indistinct mass of metal plating. It doesn't stand out at all. You couldn't recall it accurately from memory, and I always feel like a key component to good art design is a memorable look. If you had to talk to a police sketch artist, you could quite easily describe Mario or Sonic even Kratos and the Master Chief. I don't know what crimes these characters would commit that makes it worth talking to the police. I guess Kratos and Master Chief might commit a war crime or two, but would Mario and Sonic? Mario would. Anyway, the point I was supposed to be making here is that they all have looks that stand out. Jacob looks like any number of dudes in spacesuits. He honestly looked cooler in his regular prisoner scrubs, and even those were pretty uninspired. Moving on to Dead Space, the location of the USG Ishimura looks and feels like a functional industrial space vessel. A thing I like in spacecraft design is when it looks kind of unglamorous. In a universe where space travel is possible, the blue collar worker is definitely going to be out there playing their trade, and they won't be travelling in sleekly designed USS Enterprise looking spaceships. They're going to be travelling in what amount to flying oil rigs. The Ishimura feels like a worker's spaceship. It's got that alien Nostromo vibe, where everything is cramped and rigid and uncomfortable looking. We never get to see the Ishimura as a functioning facility, 
but just from the design of each location you get a sense of how everything functions and the immediate impression that this place was very no-nonsense, maintained to be functional, not flashy. There are engine rooms, processing areas, industrial level transportation systems, living quarters, shower blocks, even a hydroponics area with an artificial farm to grow food for long-haul journeys. Every component of the Ishimura feels like it belongs there and it feels like actual thoughts gone into it. Most of the time these locations have been scarred by some horrible calamity, massive throbbing growths covering the walls, scattered body parts, signs of damage from asteroids or internal explosions, or creepy bespoke occult shrines. They're not designed to be creepy, they are normal places that have become warped by evil, and that is 100% more effective. From the moment you arrive on the Ishimura, the place feels like a nightmare that you're trapped in, and that nightmare comes in the form of the necromorphs. Now this is how you design a good monster. These are genuinely unnerving creations, and there's a logical connective tissue between each monster. They take what remains of a dead body and they transform it into something grotesque and new. They work with the raw materials that they have available, raw and bloody materials. So you get exposed bones distending into blade-like appendages, torsos grow fleshy tails and crawl around. There are even dead babies growing massive tentacles out of their heads and scuttling around. Now that was fucked up. But from one good core idea, there's a lot of room for variations to emerge and they always feel like part of something bigger, uniquely terrifying but always consistent to the design philosophy. The Necromorph stands as possibly the most terrifying enemy ever seen in a survival horror game. Now interestingly, if you look at the early concept art for Necromorphs, before they settled on the finished designs, they bear an unusual likeness to the Genophage grunts you find in the Callisto Protocol. Any writer or artist will be quick to tell you that your first drafts are never your best work. It's a starting off point, it's not the final destination. Never trust someone who thinks they've nailed it in one take. For example, I've already recorded this entire episode once before I threw that fucker out and started over. Now moving on to the protagonist, Isaac Clarke's suit is just perfect. The health meter and the stasis meter are clearly visible on his back and easy to discern. It looks like a space suit, something an engineer might need to wear. The metal tech and leather patches that are added onto a regular looking space suit are there for practical purposes. It's a mix of mobility and physical protection that someone might need if they're performing crucial engineering work on massive mining equipment in the middle of fucking space, all while still looking really cool. The use of the glowing green lights and the metal, it stands out really nicely. No one element is overwhelming the visual. They make it feel memorable. It doesn't look like your standard video game power armor. It looks unique to this universe. The weapons Isaac wields look great too. A nice selection of tools that might appear on a sci-fi mining rig that can be taken and repurposed as weapons to inflict damage. I can see why a cutting tool or a welding torch or even a buzzsaw would be useful for deep space workers. And I can also see why they'd be really handy in fucking up an alien. It's a great way of making this world believable. If the game used nothing but regular guns, it would immediately pull you out of the action. Because why would this mining vessel have this many fucking guns on board. The design of Dead Space is always logically consistent. Now again, that might seem like a minor thing to focus on, but it's always been a huge part of why Dead Space immerses the player in this world and why its legacy as a survival horror game has remained near peerless for the last 15 years. The Callisto Protocol has none of this, so round one is an easy win for Dead Space. Round two, level design. While the look of the game's world is important, the layout of the maps and the way they feel to travel through are just as crucial. In this regard, the Callisto Protocol is a massive disappointment. It's also painfully linear. A lot of games are linear in nature, 
The Last of Us and the Uncharted series have one single direction that the player must move towards to progress the story, but they manage to mask it by giving you spaces to explore, a chance to look around, gather yourself, or just work out where the exit is to move on to the next stage. They give you a sense that the decision to move forward is yours. They gently guide you rather than hold your hand. The Callisto Protocol isn't so much holding your hand, it's shoving you towards the fucking door. It's linear to the point where everything feels like a corridor, just a straight line at all times. There's no sense of exploration, no sense of space. There's no real reason to engage with the world around you. You feel boxed in, even when you're out in the open. It feels on rails to the point where it may as well be a ghost train at a theme park. You don't need to put any thought into how you manoeuvre around these stages. It's just the epitome of mindlessness. Dead Space is a great example of how to do things right. Much like the perfect level design of the Resident Evil 2 remake, you are given a large sprawling setting to explore and you need to work it out yourself. You will find yourself walking through winding corridors, finding rooms with different levels of access at different points in the game, so there's a lot of room for exploration and backtracking, just like any great survival horror game. You need to engage with your surroundings and gain an understanding of them to make it out alive. You need to remember which turn takes you to the destination you need, because sometimes things might be a little too hectic to use the markers or check your map. You can easily find yourself running into a dead end or just into an undiscovered, heavily infested area, and then you're wasting all your precious ammo just trying to get out alive. It's complex level design and it rewards the player's engagement. This round is another decisive win for Dead Space. Round 3. Graphics and Sound I think we're safe, okay. Now things get more competitive. The Callisto Protocol has absolutely stunning graphics. The character models, performance capture and lighting are just top tier. It's easily one of the best looking games I've ever seen. Obviously they neglected to fill these spaces out and give you a full run of the facility, but they compensated for that by pouring extra attention to the finer details of these spaces. I cannot dispute how good this game looks. I just don't personally think the trade-off is worth it. The big issue is that the world around you is rendered in such stunning, immersive detail that you want to explore it, and the game simply won't allow for that, which is really frustrating. The score, on the other hand, is a little uninspired, there's a lot of discordant notes dragged on for a long time, and it doesn't add nearly as much to your feeling of unease as the ambient sound, which is fantastic. It's always making you aware of the dangers around you. Dead Space has strong character models and good facial animations, but they are notably inferior to the Callisto Protocol. The rendering of the environments are absolutely up there with its competitor though. Every door you open leads to an area visually captivating in its own right. The command of light and shadow is near perfect, and it's all in service of a complex and interesting game world. Dead Space also boasts a great score, a mix of bombastic space epic and nerve-scratching noise. The use of ambience is superior to the Callisto Protocol as it makes more use of the environment as a source of terror. The metal creaks in the vents and walls around you, creepy whispers slipping into the soundscape, creating psychological unease as you question what's real and what's not, while the very real roar of an approaching necromorph is the perfect way to speedrun pissing your fucking pants. Another great detail is the use of soundless vacuums within and around the ship. The absence of sound, just the direct thump of your weapon firing in your hand, is a great design detail here. 
Developers Motive EA made sure that your eyes and ears were completely engaged at all times, constantly keeping you guessing and on edge. This round is too close to call, the Callisto Protocol would win purely for the graphics, whereas I feel Dead Space would probably take sound. But for this one I'm going to hand it to the Callisto Protocol, because the gap between the quality of the graphics is just a little larger than the gap between the quality and the sound. Round 4. Story. After playing an absolute blinder in the last round, the Callisto Protocol is back to fumbling its bag. The story is incredibly basic, just paper thin. It's a very standard escape plot for most of the playtime, and that's not inherently a bad premise for a game, the issue is that's all there is. A story that's expected to keep you engaged for 15 hours really needs really need something extra. Complications, swerves, a personal motivation for the character. Many of the Resident Evil games are essentially escape stories, but they add plot twists and pile on the mythology to keep things interesting. The Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay is literally just an escape story. It's right there in the title. There's nothing deeper than that, but it has engaging characters to keep things interesting. The Callisto Protocol has none of this. There are no swerves, there's a plot reveal late in the game, but it's more of a supervillain's monologue explaining the evil plan, without fundamentally altering the story you're playing. You can't call it a plot twist because the plot remains untampered with going forward. That big plot reveal tries to recontextualise Jacob's character, but it's too little too late because there's barely a character there in the first place. For most of the game, before a late stage info dump lets you know what his deal is, there's nothing to Jacob, he's just a dude. The story is basic for the first half, with no hook to keep you going, and the second half is reheated ideas taken from Dead Space and Resident Evil, but implemented in a far less interesting way. It's almost all done through cutscenes too. Now this isn't inherently a bad thing. I'm just going to ignore that. So a reliance on cutscenes isn't necessarily a bad thing, but even games that hinge heavily on cutscenes, like The Last of Us, know that story or character elements still need to be woven into the gameplay sections. This is to keep you emotionally invested, so you're not just going into autopilot mode whenever a cutscene ends. Aside from the odd message from another character, there never seems to be a lot of forward momentum in the story when you're actually playing the Callisto Protocol. The game needs to pause the action to make way for a cutscene. They put all this effort into making these character models and performance capture look believable, so they put the burden of carrying the story on these actors, rather than on the game you're playing. Dead Space is how it should be done. Jacob doesn't just need to escape, he needs to find his wife. Doing that pulls you into the mystery of what happened here, and before any of that is possible, you also need to ensure the Ishimura doesn't fall apart around you. So many sections of the game see you fighting through the guts of the ship, and get the ship up and running again. All the while teasing out its bigger mystery, it escalates, it pivots. The story organically leads you through the bigger mythology and plot twists through personal motivations, and doesn't just fixate on one goal. You need to survive, and you need to make sense of all this seemingly senseless destruction. It's not a complicated story, the big plot beats are things we've seen before in other media, but it's engaging because it knows how to tell a story well. The actual backstories peel back through audio logs and environmental detail. There are scripted moments that throw a spanner into your progress. Things to uncover within the game. The Callisto Protocol opts for info dumps at sporadic intervals. The audio logs they do scatter about the place lack any urgency or sense of authenticity. There are actual characters in Dead Space. People with potentially hidden agendas that you're uncertain of, antagonists that you believe in, 
and Isaac himself has a personal investment in the drama unfolding around him. No matter how big the stakes get, the emotional motivator for Isaac is to find his wife, and that remains the constant that holds everything together. For its story and its storytelling, Dead Space is the clear victor. Gameplay. Oh, hey guys. I've moved somewhere hopefully a little safer. So, where were we? Oh, yeah. So, gameplay. It's why we're all here, playing games rather than watching movies. Well-designed gameplay can make or break a game. Even though I think Callisto Protocol has a lot of issues, they'd be a lot easier to reconcile if the game was fun to play. It brings me no pleasure to report that it's not fun. At all. As you'll spend a lot of this game walking in one direction, let's just talk about how the game's traversal feels first. It handles a little like you're steering a truck with chopsticks. It's clunky and slow, and you don't really feel 100% in control of things. There's weight to all the movement, but everything feels like you're walking through a thin layer of tar. I don't necessarily have an issue with this approach. I love The Last of Us, God of War 2018, and Red Dead Redemption 2, all featuring player characters who move like shithouses made of bricks. But those characters had space to manoeuvre. The level design helps compensate for the clunkiness of the movements. As we already established earlier, that's not the case with the Callisto Protocol. You are slowly, clumsily walking from point A to point B at all times, until you reach a slightly more open space for the mandatory combat encounters. Which brings us to the combat itself, and this is where the game completely collapses in on itself. The brunt of the action is melee combat, and it is unintuitive and repetitive. You attack with the shoulder buttons, and you dodge with the thumbsticks. It doesn't feel natural and it doesn't flow well at all. The dodge is pointless because you literally just hold the stick in one direction and it will dodge the second an attack comes at you. Holding back on the thumbstick will block, and this doesn't feel right either because this is the input you use to step backwards to. Combat encounters where you want to block feel weirdly distant, like you're constantly just backing away from things. It never makes an effort to properly test your reaction times, like a Ghost of Tsushima or Elden Ringwood. You can just hold a stick and you will be fine. You could honestly remap your controls blindfolded and they'd feel just as natural as this. This feels like a throwback to the days when thumbsticks were brand new, and no one had realised you should just use them to control walking and move the camera about. So the combat basically works like this. You dodge and then you hit the attack button as many times as it will allow. When you get a firearm, a quick shot option is added. Certain strike combos will end with a target appearing on the monster's body. You hit a button and it automatically shoots a limb off. Fuck off. 
it feels like it's aiming for that dead space vibe where dismemberment is a key component to combat but chopping off limbs is entirely arbitrary here the game decides what limb you cut off and losing a limb doesn't really impact the combat because you can dodge any attack with any direction there's no strategy to any of these fuck off Okay, as I was saying, there's no actual strategy to any of these encounters. You dodge and you hit and you dodge and you hit until the enemy dies. It's a repetitive two-button input that gets dull less than 15 minutes into the game. And the game gets even more frustrating with multiple enemies because dodging is contextual. It applies solely to the enemy you're fighting. You're dodging them rather than moving around the space you're in. That means you can easily sidestep your way into another enemy's path when you should just be able to maneuver around all of them. Furthermore, there's no lock-on feature for fights so you can't single out one enemy to wear down and kill in a fight. If something else gets in your way, say a much stronger enemy, one that isn't close to death, sorry but you're fighting them now, tough shit. The whole combat system just robs you of any semblance of strategy. You're essentially flailing your baton around like a blindfolded child in front of a piñata full of guts. This issue compounds itself when enemies begin to mutate later in the game. Timing is essential in taking down mutating enemies and if you get locked into another enemy, you have missed your window and now you have a much stronger enemy to fight. The guns often feel like an afterthought. Their design, as I mentioned earlier, is very boring and using them is equally uninspired. It never feels like you're doing anything significant with them. It never feels like they're doing something unique. The healing and weapon swap animations were apparently much slower at launch. This has been fixed with a patch by simply speeding them up. But first of all, the weapon swap system sucks in the Callisto Protocol. It's a pop-up window that you scroll up and down to find your weapons. Dead Space has a quick map weapon wheel. Try saying that five times twice. And this lets you prepare four weapons to have on hand. A simple tap of a button will give you the exact weapon you want. So just do that. The weapon wheel is like a tried and tested system. Why are you trying to complicate things here? On the topic of healing, it doesn't really work in this game. Finding time to heal is a key aspect of survival horror. I think the issue here stems from the fact this game is not designed like a survival horror. At every turn it feels like a beat-em-up. My brain unconsciously rewired itself into this mindset at some point early into the game, and therefore I really wanted to be able to heal mid-fights, meaning the slowness of a survival horror style healing system feels jarring. The fault here is with a clash of design philosophies. In a smarter, well-paced horror game, the healing system would have felt right at home, and it would have added a lot of tension to moments of quiet. Think of The Last of Us or Resident Evil 7, for examples. That's not the game they built here, so the need for a faster-paced combat outweighs the usefulness of mechanics that contribute to tension. And it's funny because Dead Space is a smarter, better-paced, full-on fucking survival horror game, and that has an instant heal button, on the off chance you're stuck in a tough boss battle or getting swarmed by mobs. That feature would have been a massive help during the Callisto Protocol's dreadful combat encounters. Another criticism of the Callisto Protocol's combat is the use of the telekinetic system. It feels like it's only there because Dead Space used it originally, and it's horribly implemented in this game. It's never used for puzzles, because there are no fucking puzzles. It's primarily used for combat, and it's so fucking fiddly and difficult to use. It requires too many button inputs and holds to operate. Just the slightest slip of a finger, and you will drop everything you're doing. The Callisto Protocol's gameplay is just 
bad, right down to the roots. I'd possibly go so far as to say the combat itself is broken. Dead Space, however, keeps things interesting at all times. The combat is fast, brutal, weighty and tactical. There's the freedom to target whatever body part you want. This makes those moments of pure terror all the more exciting because you need to control your panic and keep your aim steady in order to survive. The game isn't taking over from you like it often feels in the Callisto Protocol. It's daring you to overcome your own fears and then it ups the challenge with every new stage. The stasis system is also much better. The gravity manipulation is easier to handle than the telekinetic system in the Callisto Protocol. It requires you hold one button rather than two. It's quicker and easier to use this system in combat as well and it's a crucial part of many puzzles in the game. That's one thing. Dead Space has puzzles. Thoughtful puzzles that make use of existing mechanics. Getting around the Ishimura is also a lot smoother and more interesting. There are zero gravity sequences where you can fly or float around spaces. There are scenes where you need to manage your oxygen supply to stay alive. These elements change the complexion of the game. They increase tension in combat encounters. Existing in a soundless vacuum means you have no idea when a monster is running on you until you turn around and it's right there. And the zero grav spaces mean there's never a clear idea where a monster is going to attack you from and they create interesting wrinkles for the puzzles. As I said earlier, the Callisto Protocol has no puzzles and no sequences that mix up how you play the game. The extent of the puzzles, if you could generously call them that, is finding fuses to use for other doors. You're finding keys to open doors, basically. Doom did that, and it didn't make Doom a puzzle game. Now, survival horror games aren't required to have puzzles, but some of the best ones know how to deploy them to break up the tension or even apply it to create unique forms of tension. Resident Evil loves a puzzle. Alien Isolation has tons of them. Unless you're going to be delivering some high-octane, left-for-dead level shit to the player, you need more to go on than your combat. Adding to the frills of Dead Space, it has some excellent boss battles, each offering different challenges and solutions. Some require brute force, some require intellect, good timing, and maybe a little bit of luck. Definitely a lot of luck in my case, but every encounter feels fresh and terrifying. I never really mentioned the Callisto Protocol's boss battles earlier, but I'll get to them now. I didn't want to spend more time ragging on the game, but it feels important. Boss battles are the crescendo of a game. They need to be good, and the Callisto Protocol's offerings are not. The Callisto Protocol essentially has two boss battles, a few mini bosses that they repeat, and one big boss. This isn't necessarily an issue, because Batman Arkham Asylum copied the mini-boss format with the use of the Titans, but that game had a top-class combat system to elevate the whole thing, and it scattered in some clever, character-specific boss battles for the big story beats. We already know the Callisto Protocol does not have a good combat system, so the boss battles being so cut and paste is all the more glaring. The mini-bosses are so easy to cheese as well, simply by holding your dodge stick in one direction until you get an opening to punish them. It's the laziest boss design I've seen in some time. On the flip side, the final boss is just unutterably fucking shit, in terms of both visual design and game design. It's the same old boring shit as far as creature design goes, he isn't leveled up in any way, he hasn't evolved into anything new, he's just taller and more muscly. And the actual fight is frustrating and poorly thought out, the game spends so much time placing focus on melee as the primary form of combat, then throws a fucking boss battle where melee is utterly ineffective. So now you have to rely on shooting, a thing that's almost an afterthought tacked onto the end of melee combos. I've said this before in other episodes of the podcast, but a good boss battle is supposed to be a test of the skills you've acquired over the course of the game. This is more like telling a classroom full of students to revise for chemistry and then breaking out a biology exam on them. Just fuck off with that. All the playtime you spent sussing out the game's terrible melee system, all that trial and error, all the rage and grinding your teeth into splinters, 
only for the game to tell you it's all fucking useless now. This is poor game design at best, antagonistic game design at worst. Neither result in a fun or satisfying experience. If you haven't worked out yet, Dead Space took this with zero resistance from the competition. Well that didn't sound promising. Round 6. The Scare Factor. This round is rather self-explanatory. After all, what's the point in creating these gruesome creatures if they're not intending to scare us with them? And the Callisto Protocol gets off to a bad start with its first monster encounter. There's absolutely no build-up or tension. You just walk into a room and it's just stood there, attacking somebody else. So you just beat it to death. It's used as a combat tutorial and nothing more. It's just an absolutely deflating approach. Even the lamest indie horror bullshit that you would find on Steam knows to at least attempt at a scare. Unfortunately, it doesn't get much better from here. Almost all of the monster attacks are telegraphed and the jump scares they do attempt are repetitive and lack impact because your brain eventually tunes out the idea of even being scared. It's like the adrenaline just leaks out of you until it's all gone and you're left with the same level of adrenaline as you'd find in a quiet game of Animal Crossing. The worst thing a horror game can do is get no reaction from you. The jump scares are not interesting because they're basically all the same. A thing jumps out at you and then you hammer a button to escape from it. There are maybe two or three sequences in the entire game that feel remotely fresh. Walking through a snowfield littered with frozen zombies, that looks cool. And it feels different. Travelling through a nature biome that's full of trees rustling with activity. They offer unique feel and unique opportunities for danger, and yet they still feel like variations on a theme, because you realise that while the setup might be unique, the payoff is just going to be another jump scare minigame. A horror game without any set pieces is kind of like a spaceship without a functioning engine. It just doesn't work, and it's potentially disastrous. Take it from someone who knows. As I was saying, a horror game needs something to punctuate the traversal and the action. All you get here are jump scares and the odd boss battle, which we've already established fucking suck. The lighting effects are so incredible in this game that it's just a constant disappointment. The developers didn't think to ever use them to scare you. It's nothing more than ambience to make your walk to the next fight more visually enticing. It's like a well-designed roller coaster line, if the roller coaster in question turned out to be a rickety merry-go-round. I've seen people defend the game by saying it's an action game, not a horror game so you can't fairly assess it by those standards. To that I say, bollocks. If it wasn't supposed to be scary, there wouldn't be zombies. There wouldn't be fucking jump scares. If a comedy fails to make you laugh, that doesn't make it a fucking drama, does it? The Callisto Protocol is supposed to be scary. It just fails to be scary. That's the reality. Dead Space, on the other hand, has a barrage of beautifully executed scare sequences. Light, shadow and sound are used to maximum effect to amplify the terror. There are areas where you can only see the flashlight beam ahead of you and the eerie sounds that envelop you, and it's always unnerving. The necromorphs are terrifying in their design and execution. There are various ways these creatures can emerge. They can run out of the shadows, they can burst through walls, fall through vents in the ceiling, or snatch you up from a blind spot. Whatever happens, when they come for you, you don't want them to catch you. The very look of them tells you that nothing good is going to happen if they get hold of you. It's that same dread you get when a clicker or a bloater advance on you in The Last of Us, or when a licker pounces at you in Resident Evil 2. That just doesn't happen with the Callisto Protocol's Genophage. Even the excessively graphic death animations do very little to make you fear these encounters. The Necromorph look and move in an unnatural way. They provoke the dark, uneasy recesses of your mind, the way all truly great monsters do. 
I enter a new area of dead space with my weapon drawn, my trigger finger trembling. There's a constant sense of unease throughout the game. There are jump scares, there are dangers that you can hear coming a mile away. There's an aura of fear everywhere you go. It's a strong mix of unexpected frights and slow burn horror. They use every tool at their disposal to accomplish this. Video diaries, hologram recreations, scripted events, procedurally generated spawn encounters, and environmental details. There's a great variety to how this game attempts to scare the hell out of you. Dead Space wins this one, obviously. Final Verdict So you're probably sick of seeing Dead Space take nearly every category. You know by now which game is winning this. This is honestly how I felt as well. I get no pleasure from trashing games, I want every game I pick up to be good, to make the time I spent with it feel worthwhile, and I only got that from one game here. We'll offer some final thoughts to the Callisto Protocol first. The only way this could be a spiritual successor to the original Dead Space is if you forgot what Dead Space was. If you approach this as a survival horror game, you'll be left wanting. It's not remotely scary, it never challenges you to think about your next move, because you know all you're going to be doing is hitting things. If you approach it as a beat-em-up, the whole thing hinges on the most unintuitive and frustrating combat systems I've played in years. The Dead Space remake, on the other hand, has taken one of the best survival horror games of all time and not only recaptured that same magic, which is a difficult enough feat for any remake, but it's actually exceeded its predecessor in every way. It joins the Resident Evil 2 remake as the benchmark for modern survival horror and as the example of a perfect video game remake. Nothing about the Callisto Protocol will stand the test of time. It's barely stood the test of three months. The one thing it had going for it, the graphics, will be bettered within the next few years. It needed a lot more than that to endure in the memory. Dead Space was a perfect survival horror game 15 years ago, one that has aged beautifully in that time, and the remake has somehow topped it. Dead Space is the clear winner. Well, unfortunately, I'm all out of time and all out of ammo, so I'll see how far I get through this outro. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, let us know if you'd like to see any other games using this format. Like, follow, and subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platform, and be sure to give us a rating on Spotify Mobile or Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at oneuppod, that's one upp odd, and you can follow me on Twitter at truly underscore defective. So until next time, don't forget to get a life and...